Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Welcome to a new episode of the Commerce Lab by Comsi. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, and today we're back with the new sessions of questions and answers. As you all know, and for everybody that's joining for the first time, these sessions are going to be running every Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT time. And in this session, basically, we're going to be covering the questions we've been receiving from the community or the last week or so. And also, we're going to use these um, space to also talk about news in the space in the amazon space e-commerce and business in general so today we asked, uh, before i start today's session for sure i want to mention a few news when it comes to the events in the amazon space so for everybody that's interesting so you guys can explore that and eventually join me there so the first event i want to mention is going to be this thursday here in london thursday 9 of june if I'm not mistaken, yes, that's correct. 9 of June. So that event is going to be done a retail fest here in London. There's going to be amazing speakers in there. So actually, I'm going to be dropping the link in the description for you to check out. I even have some free tickets for you. So if you want to, if you are in London and you want to go to this event, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to see you there. Um, another thing I, I wanted to mention, uh, I'm also going to be um, going to an event in October for everybody's here in, in UK. So that event is going to be in Brighton. It's going to be the MSA Fest in uh, October. I don't have the date yet. I think they are confirming uh, that. But as soon as I have the, the dates, I'm also going to be dropping that. I'm going to be speaking there. I'm also sharing the links and everybody. Uh, so if you want to join you can go there good so let's get started with today's session as i always do i start bringing some of the questions the team is being collecting for the last week and then for sure as we start getting some questions in the live uh, session i'm also going to be dropping them and answering any any concerns any topic you want me to cover anything in general okay good so let's get started uh, and let's bring, actually we have a, a question here. We're gonna bring one of the first question live and then I'm gonna be jumping into the, the questions I already have assigned for this session. So the first uh, question of the day uh, by a Simbot. Thank you for the question, I appreciate it. How can I apply auto zoom on total sales column in business report? So I guess you um, in the business report, you want to see the uh, total amount of sales. So uh, usually what you do with a business report is that you download the 
the report on, on your Amazon Seller Central account for your specific data range. So you just specify the data range you want to generate that report for. You download the report and that report, depending on which section of within the business report section you generated, in there you can then uh, see the amount of sales for that specific either a uh, business as a whole, or you can even download it if you download it from the child uh, specification business report. It's going to give you the sales per ASIN, and that's a very good insight so you can understand for the last week which ASIN was selling the most, the conversions and so on. So you can use that for your internal analysis uh, and also understanding how your business is performing overall, okay? So hopefully that answers your question. Good, we have another question live here. Nadim, thank you for the question. How can we uh, reduce Amazon fees? Yeah, this question is actually very good because we all know that I mean, Amazon fees are increasing. We have seen the 5% a tax increase they have done. And I mean, that's just going to keep going if things go the way they're going right now a worldwide. But again, just going back to your question, I think the best way you can do the best thing you can do to reduce your Amazon fees is being super efficient with your packaging and the way you send your product to Amazon, right? So I think. Um, something that i see a lot happening uh, when people sending their pros to amazon is they're very inefficient with their packaging right so remember that your fba fees are calculated based on the dimensions and also the weight of your packaging right so the smallest the packaging is the lowest is going to be your fees and actually this is something super important uh, when it comes to do pro research i mean you can also analyze what your competitors have in terms of dimensions of the packaging. You can use tools out there that gives you the dimensions the Amazon has registered for those products. And you also need to make sure that you are close to those dimensions or you make them smaller. So in that way, you're also gonna make sure that you can save in Amazon fees, right? Because let's say you sell the same exact product, right? But your dimensions are five, 10 centimeters off compared to your competitors. I bet that they're gonna be saving a few pennies in there, sometimes even dollar plus. And then that's gonna be a huge bottom line effect when it comes to your profit margin. So number one a tip to reduce Amazon fees, be super efficient with your packaging, make it as small as possible. And also if at the same time, if you can make it more lightweight, that's also gonna help you overall, okay? Hopefully that answers your question. And also make sure you keep an eye on the dimensions of your product and the fees. So you also have tools out there, such as, for example, Helium 10. It gives you a notification when the dimensions of a product changes. And that's super key because sometimes we have a work with people that they never identify their fees going up because there was a miscalculation of their packaging when they arrived to Amazon. And actually, you can request a new a, um, basically the measurement of your dimensions in Amazon. And what they do is basically re-measure the packaging and make sure that they are within a, the dimension that realistic to what you actually send to Amazon because if they are a bit off, your fees are also going to increase, okay? So take that into consideration. Great. Next question from Mohamed. Thank you very much for the question, Mohamed. I'm from being here. So um, what do you recommend uh, could be effective try to be to bring external traffic to Amazon? Great question. Yes, external traffic is super key, guys. Especially the, the last year or so, it's been super important to start bringing some type of external traffic uh, strategy within the equation of scaling a brand on Amazon. Because realistically, we all know that PPC is becoming super expensive. 
and because of that basically a lot of people is finding ways to basically divert that budget towards other strategies that can give you a faster and bigger return on your money right so when it comes to external traffic one of the things that has been working very well for us is working with influencer marketing but at the same time we are very specific with the platform we work especially the platform that have been working the best for us lately it's been amazon live and youtube so just to give you at the high level strategy what we do is in amazon live we identify a influencers that are basically within our niche and then what we do is we try to do a very engaging uh, live with these influencers that they already have huge following so that also gonna get us get more exposure and then once we generate these videos we can even use them as part of our listing right because every live you do on, on your product listing, it stays there. So that's an extra video that's gonna help with conversions uh, and that helps overall with the or experience of your customers. So that's Amazon Live. And then with YouTubers, what we're doing, we're also finding YouTubers in the space that specialize on a specific niche. So for example, if we are selling a phone case, just to make the example simple, we identify people that do phone cases or reviews around a phone cases or they do the top 10 cases for the iPhone 13, right? And we make sure we give them a basically an incentive so they can do this video around our product. They can use the affiliate link. And sometimes we even come to an agreement because sometimes the percentage they get as an affiliate to Amazon is very low. And sometimes we even double or triple that percentage and we even give them a, a flat fee for doing these uh, videos. So it, it really depends on what is your budget and how much you can allow uh, to put towards influencer marketing. But yes, combining these strategies for sure is is very important nowadays because what it's gonna allow you to do is, is allow you to bring very uh, relevant audience to your products because at the end of the day, when you're working with these influencers and you do the research, which for sure is the most important part because you don't wanna be working with an influencer that does, let's say, pets and your products within the kitchen space. So as long as you identify the right influencers with the right amount of engagement, those people already have a high um, intent to purchase, right? So that means the conversions are gonna be higher. And once you get the traffic to Amazon, you start generating sales from other sources that we have seen improving a lot in positioning what we call organic ranking, okay? So yes, 100% is a strategy you guys should be exploring. It doesn't matter if you can do it on low scale or big scale, just try to start implementing some kind of external traffic. It can also be not just influencer marketing, it can also be blogging, it can, it can be uh, reaching out to pages that do uh, blog reviews around specific niches, things like that, that also helps a lot, okay? Great, so I'm gonna start bringing some of the questions that I had in the backlog here uh, from our audience, and then we're also gonna be start covering those, okay? Great. Uh, first question, uh, how much inventory should I order when getting started? How many months? Usually when it comes to inventory, guys, it's very important you do a very deep analysis around your competition and your niche, right? It's super key that you understand what, what is your competition doing, first of all. And then from there, you also want to make sure you understand uh, what is the, the volume in terms of sales, I mean, how many units they are moving on a daily basis. And then from there, you can make a, 
basically a, um, a pronostic of inventory and understand how many orders you need to order in the first place. So the first thing that we do is we do a broadcast and analyze what are the sales uh, velocity of our competitors on average being for the last three months or so. Once we understand, okay, let's say the average amount of uh, sales you're going to be doing when getting started for sure you don't want to compare with the top sellers because you're not going to be there you don't have the organic ranking you don't have the reviews but still you want to find a baseline right once you find that baseline we identify okay maybe the top sellers are doing 300 units per month on average the medium sellers or, or the ones that are getting started are doing 100 150 units right or 200 units so if you if you do the math you usually want to have at least three months of inventory in your hand that means you should be starting with at least 600 units right so that's usually the ballpark of how you calculate inventory uh, and then for sure once you start getting your initial sales i would always advise you to connect your amazon account with a software that can allow you to make calculation even more uh, accurate, right? So for example, again, bring into the table Helium 10, you connect Helium 10 to your account. And basically what you can tell the software is, okay, my lead time is 30 days, right? So that means I need 30 days to manufacture the product. Then let's say you need 20 days, which is not the case anymore with everything that's happening worldwide, but let's say 20 days for shipping or even another 30 days, you already have two months just for producing and shipping, right? That means if you want to have a inventory in your hands, you need to think all these two months in advance. So with these software tools, you can put all these metrics inside and the tool at the same time calculate your sales velocity on a daily basis. And it helps you calculate and notifies you when you're running low and when you should be ordering inventory. Because I understand that sometimes doing that manually it can be confusing and also you can lose track if you have multiple products. So I would advise you 100% to to use a software for that, okay? So hopefully that answer your question, okay? Great, uh, next question. Uh, how, uh, do you recommend using the buying program? Yes, the buying program is very nice, but at the same time, it can be dangerous. I know that from experience, uh, we have worked with people that they have done the buying program. And unfortunately, if your product is not top quality, what I mean by top quality is that you have made sure that it does what you are saying that it does in the images and the listing. Um, the whole experience is nice. The packaging, I mean, it has to be, it has to provide what you're promising on your sales pitch on your listing, right? As long as everything is, is in line and you know it's a great product, buying is, is super good because then what you're going to get is up to 30 amazing reviews from people that they do that for a living. They're going to be huge, a long review. Sometimes they add video or even images and that helps significantly when it comes to conversions. Now, the downside is that if you're selling a cheap product, just something very generic, nothing unique, it can backfire on you because they are very critical as well. So if you take that into consideration, and you implement what I just said that you just do this if you're 100% sure that your product is a winner, which you always should be sure of that from day one because otherwise you're going to struggle to really sell a product on Amazon, then you should be good to go. Okay. Great. Let's see which other question we got in here. Do you recommend advertising all child products or just the best seller? Yeah, this one is also a tricky one, guys, you know, because you might counter yourself in a position. I'm going to bring an example now with water bottle, which is always an example I like to use because don't do that product, guys. Very saturated. Let's say you have a water bottle, right? And you're selling multiple colors. You're selling the red one, yellow, green, so on. 
different colors, which at the end of the day are child variations, right? What is going to happen is that at, at the beginning, you might not know which product is the best seller or which is the one selling the most. So at the start, I might do a generic campaigns. What I mean by generic is that generic terms that don't define a color. And in there, I add all my variations, right? So what I'm doing with those campaigns is I want to identify on my generic keywords, such as water bottle or water bottle for gym or whatever, doesn't have a description towards a color, which color perform the best naturally, right? From there, then I can identify my best sellers on generic keywords and then scale those instead of the colors that don't work. Then what do I do with the colors that don't perform? Usually on the side of that, I also going to generate campaigns that are color specific, right? So all my generic search terms are going to make a variation of them based on color, right? So I'm going to make a campaign for all the red ones. I'm going to make a campaign for the yellow ones and so on, right? On that perspective, then you're going to be able to cover the generic expression of your keywords and also the specific ones by having campaigns that focus on colors on those color ones for sure you're going to have just the child that specify that color on a generic one you want to test it and then eventually face out the ones that don't work in generic keywords and just keep the colors that regardless of the color work very well on your generic keywords okay so yes that's usually the way i recommend doing it and that's usually the way, the way we have found the best results or Great. Uh, next question. How do you recommend setting up brand defensive campaigns? So brand defensive campaigns, guys, are also super important when it comes to implementing a strategy within your Amazon PPC campaigns. So brand defensive campaigns basically means that you're defending the placements within your product pages to make sure nobody steals those placements from you, right? So let's put as an example that you have the same example of the water bottles, you're selling multiple colors, but at the same time, you don't want people to advertise under your water bottles and to stay, to basically still sell some traffic from you. So what is the first thing that you should be doing? Very simple. For example, for the red color water bottle, you also want to be advertising under the red water bottle, your other colors. So you want to make sure you basically allow um, yourself to dominate the most amount of placement within your pro pages so you don't leave a lot of empty space for people to steal yourselves because i i have seen this multiple times we have seen sometimes people that went bored and, and they had an they had amazing conversion and they had amazing campaigns and suddenly the campaigns without touching anything we have seen that they keep spending the same and this they keep getting the same amount of conversion when it comes to clicks and impressions, but the sales decrease significantly. And when we actually dig further, some of the times because we left the door open for our competitors to come in in our listings and they start targeting to a product, a product a targeting type of campaigns, they also use pro display within under the add to car a buy box and our placement within the listing. So make sure that you have the catalog to also do it because you must have a catalog to be able to uh, attack your own products you target as many placements as possible within your own products so basically you're creating a defensive campaign strategy to avoid other competitors to steal traffic for you okay great next question should i add negative keywords to my amazon pp campaign from day one no um usually um, the only way you should be doing this is if you know for sure that, for example, you have a, a competitive brand name that for sure you don't want to be targeting on, or you have some kind of insight of, of search terms that always uh, keep appearing 
because of the nature of your product but realistically most of the time we don't want to start with negative cures right because what happens is that sometimes for a um, I, I bet a lot of people have seen this happening already in, in their campaigns is that you have a, a campaign right and you let's say you have a automatic abroad phrase and exact campaign right and then you see that for some reason water bottle just to bring back this example keeps performing phenomenally on automatic campaigns when you try to basically move that keyword from automatic to exact a campaign to be even try to scale it which is the thing that most people realistically will do you see the performance drop and then because you negated the queue on automatic, then you might lose the momentum you're getting on automatic campaign. So realistically, you get a very good performing keyword on your automatic campaign and you move it to exact campaign. You don't want to negate it. You want to leave it there. Just make sure there is a hierarchy priority when it comes to bids. So your exact match campaign should have higher bids. And also make sure that you don't from day one put a lot of negative cure just for uh, because you think and you assume people are not going to shop using those keywords because it's always better to keep all the negative keywords when it comes to compare empty and slowly fill that up as you get data. Don't try to assume, wait for the data to come in and then use that to make validated decisions around your campaigns. Okay, great. Um, next question, what is the best way to handle the PPC campaigns for one pro that says in five countries across Europe? Yes, so usually when you have a product sales across multiple countries in Europe, and that means you need to handle multiple countries and languages at the same time, usually the first thing that you need to do for sure before doing anything else when it comes to PPC is make sure you localize your listings. That means you're fully translated and optimized for that specific marketplace. Once you do that, the next thing that you wanna do is you also make sure that you identify the keywords for that specific marketplace based on criteria that you're going to be using with the software tools they usually use on your home marketplace, right? What I'm trying to explain with this is don't, let's say you're selling in USA or UK and you're moving to Europe and you take all your PPC keywords and you just translate them. That's the worst mistake you can do because most of the time a, a direct translation doesn't mean that the same keywords are going to be searched the same to find a purchase of intent of that specific product within that specific marketplace. So always make sure you do the localization when it comes to keyword research. And once you do that, if you wanna manage multiple countries, usually I would advise you to do a hybrid approach because usually if you're a one person van doing this by yourself, you also wanna have some support when it comes to automatization. So for example, one tool we like a lot is Adatomic from Time. You can integrate that with a Amazon account and basically you can do a hybrid approach. What does it mean? You can do 50% manual optimization, more the high level designing the campaigns, the strategy, and then you can have the software which 24 seven keeps optimizing or at least give you suggestions, right? Because you can even just allow it to give you suggestions and then you do the manual changes. And because of that, when you're managing multiple campaigns at the same time, multiple countries, if you have a software that always keeps an eye on performance and give you suggestions based on the rules and the matrix that you decide to define for your brand and performance, it's gonna be much more easier for you to manage multiple countries and campaign, okay? So try to do that. I'm pretty sure it should be, it should make things easier for you at least. Great, uh, how do I add subject matter to my listing? So the way you add subject matter to your listing um, 
is is actually they remove this option from your Amazon account. So if you try to do it traditionally by just going to edit listing and go there, you're gonna see most of you don't have that anymore. So the best way to do it and the easiest for most of you is by using uh, also the listing optimizer tool within Helium 10. Uh, that actually allows you to override the back end subject matters. You can also do that with flat files, but flat files might be a little more complicated. So try to do it here in time if you have it. And basically you just override the subject matters in the back end. Helium Team allows you to go in the back door of your listing and you can add those subject matters. So we actually have found that we have indexation problems, adding keywords in there. It also helps with indexation. So definitely take advantage of that. Yeah. Great. Uh, how long does it, the honeymoon period last? So the honeymoon period usually based on a common knowledge in the industry is usually between 30 and 45 days. So this one, this one to be honest, is going to vary significantly. Um, I mean, it's going to change. Sometimes we have found based on the category and the marketplace, but on average it's 30 to 45 days. So why this is important? Because that means that within the initial phase of the listing going live, you want to make sure you put the most amount of work when it comes to driving traffic and also generate the most amount of sales, because that is going to basically build the snowball effect of what is going to allow you to position your product higher and over time rely less on advertising and get more sales through organic ranking so if you combine that within your launch period make sure you do that because i have seen that mistake over and over again which is they don't take advantage of the honeymoon period and basically what happens is that the honeymoon period start to go away which is within the period i just mentioned you may find yourself it's going to be much more difficult for you to rank organically and to get the same amount of exposure that you have on the initial days of your campaigns. Okay, great. I think we have time for another question. Let's see here. Uh, does search volume matters when it comes to grouping keywords in a campaign? Yes. Um, and actually this comes down to my advice, which is when you do Amazon PPC campaigns, you don't want to have multiple keywords. Uh, you don't want to have a lot of keywords within the same campaign, right? I have seen key uh, campaigns that have 50, 200, 300 keywords, and that guys is going to kill you because at the end of the day, the keywords with the highest amount of search volume is what is going to define basically where the budget and the uh, impressions and clicks go towards to, right? So how do you avoid that? If you have super competitive high uh, search volume keywords, you want to have a campaign, ideally, maybe for each individual keyword. Let's say you have five keywords that each of them have 10,000 search volume. Ideally, myself, I will have one campaign per keyword. And then you will have one campaign maybe for your medium to low uh, search volume. And then within these campaigns, again, you still want to respect the quantity. You don't want to have more than 10, 15 keywords maximum, because then if you have a lot of keywords, it's going to happen the same. The system is going to prioritize just the top, let's say, five keywords, and the remaining are never going to get any exposure. So keep control of the quantity. And if you have super competitive keywords, ideally move them into their own campaigns. You have better control and visibility of the metrics so you can make educated decisions when it comes to your strategy on your PPC campaigns, okay? Great, so I think, yes, I think that's everything for today, guys. Thank you very much for sending those questions and thank you also for the people that just joined us today live. 
for us those questions very good questions um again remember these sessions are going to be running every tuesday at 5 p.m i know these sessions might collide uh, with some of you working because of time difference maybe in the uk some of you in, in, in usa other parts of the world so that's why we have a system that if you want to send questions for us to cover and then for you to review later just send them to email at business at through social media channels or even if you book a quest uh, let's say a session with us on our website to ask any question or to cover any specific topic you can also leave those questions with my team so we cover them on these sessions every week okay remember as well that every monday and wednesday uh, we're gonna uh, be dropping episode last uh, actually yesterday we just dropped an episode monday with kathleen uh, from Tracewell and actually it's an amazing episode she's talking about how uh, basically real-time e-commerce is changing the way you do business in e-commerce how you should be using data from multiple sources to basically do data fusion and make decisions in your business so definitely check that episode uh, it's actually available on other platforms so typical YouTube Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts uh, spotify and so on so check those out okay so yeah that's everything for today guys check out tomorrow a new episode is gonna go live and remember for those spanish-speaking audience we're gonna do these sessions as well on thursdays 5 p.m gmt time thank you very much for tuning in remember to like share and subscribe if you like this content so we can keep reaching people like you let's keep in touch take care and have an amazing week take care guys bye bye Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or... Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.